Hey everyone, it's Emma. Some housekeeping before we get into episode two. First, and most importantly, in discussing Netflix's cheer, Julie did call our beloved Jerry, which is his real name, Larry, several times. So on behalf of all of us here at Takes Pod, just want to say, Jerry, we are so, so sorry, and we love you very much. This episode also will introduce you to Frank. He's my co-producer and also my dog, and occasionally he gets in a bark take or two. That will probably be consistent, so we apologize in advance. Uh, We are so excited to have you back for episode two. For those of you who've been looking for a little help following Nick and Julie's references, we now have a website full of links and notes just for you. So you can find us at takespod.com. That's takespod, T-A-K-E-S-P-O-D.com. Enjoy the app. That was perfect. Amazing. Hi, Gemstones. Welcome to another episode of Takes All Over the Place. I'm Nick. I'm a Virgo who can't drive. And I'm just Julie. Julie is a hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> and we're joined by our producer, Emma. She's the brightest light in the bleak landscape in which we're currently embroiled. Today we're going to be talking about our hot takes, our gay takes, and our takeaways. We're going to talk a little bit about tennis. We're going to talk about cheer. We're going to talk about AJ and the Queen. We're going to talk about how much we hate Margaret Court, apparently. Mm, the Oscars. Wow, so white. How to have emotions by yourself at home but really feel things. Talk about weight gains. And Mm. weight loss and humble bragging about how skinny some people are. And getting really too offended by how skinny (laughs) I was in a period of time. Oh my god, guess who brought up how skinny he was once again. Alright, so please enjoy this episode. Thank you. And now here's Julie with some hot takes. Make them hot, make them spicy, which for me is a two on a one to six scale at an Indian restaurant. Go ahead. Thanks, Nick. All right, so I think what I'm obsessed with this week, many things, but um, Cheer, the documentary on Netflix. Have you seen it? I have not, and I believe you know that. Oh, well, it's... (laughs) Way to save it for the... Yes, we did talk about it yesterday. So I rewatched it again, because it's amazing. So I grew up um, one year going to UCA cheerleading camp, where we were the only school in the history of camp to ever not win the spirit stick, because we had no spirit. But for some reason, I'm obsessed with competitive cheering. And my sister was, and I'd be, I don't sleep very much, so I'd be up at night watching ESPN. So when Netflix provided me with a documentary about cheering in a small town in Texas, I am in. Now, the school's called Navarro College. It's a junior college. It's a two-year college. And they're in the NCA, not the UCA, which I investigated today. So they're different. I mean, you can be a two-year college and compete in the UCA, but you probably won't win. Anyway, so these kids, they focus on these. Almost everyone has a terribly sad story. There was not one little sparky little little present down there. Um, They're coached by Monica, the anorexic CrossFit freakazoid monster woman. Whoever's like, I love her so much. So the stars are Morgan, who has a tragic upbringing and had to live in a trailer with her brother when her father and mother abandoned her. Terrible. And then Ladarius, who is fantastic. He has a little bit of anger problems, but he is amazing. Larry, whose mother also died of cancer, and his very white cheerleading team raised $29,000 on a GoFundMe account to get him to school, and now he lives with his cheer mom, but everyone is constantly bringing up his dead mom, which is really exciting for Larry, but Larry has one of those lights that lights up the world until he turns away, and then, you know, Larry lives in a very sad, sad, sad place. So, I think I mentioned it's a junior college, so everyone's there for I don't know what that means. Okay, so you're there for two years? Like Arson Sandy State. Okay. So you can do an associate's degree, or you can do a pre-something before you go to a four-year college. Do you have college. a twang? Are you getting the twang Well, it's in Corsicana, Texas. Okay. And I even though like, no one located? in the documentary except for Monica is from Corsicana, yeah. I feel I owe it to Corsicana, Texas to speak for them. Sure. Naturally. <laughs> ne- well, I don't know. I think maybe, that was like... I think that was like a drunk Australian, sad. Well, anyway, back to me. So, NCA cheering, I'm sure you're wondering what the difference is. It's much more focused on stunts sure, yeah. and pyramids. But they don't cheer for, like, the big school, so they're not, like, so at a, a big football scheme. game. it's a pyramid oh, scheme. And you know I love some of these. I know. You I love, love some marketing. Ponzi schemes. I love multi-level marketing. 
Um, anyway, so they're constantly for all parts of the documentary working on this giant pyramid. And not only do people fall, but the full, the sound is so good. You can hear bones crushing as girls just face plant from 20 feet up. Oh, that sounds so great. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah everything else sounds amazing. Just like, you know, I'm just a child of God. And whenever someone injures themselves, it's just deeply emotional for me because I have those. <laughs> Body stump. Body stump, yeah. <laughs> Apparently the uh, closed captioning Emma was mentioning literally says body stump. Yes. Now I was hearing in my head, let the body hit, hit the, the floor. floor. Let, let the, the bodies body hit the floor. Hit the floor. Yeah. This girl, she gets pushed up on someone's shoulder. She does a full twirl in the air. She falls back. There's no one. And we get to watch her go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can hear her bones crack. What a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> anyway, so if you want to see competitive cheering, <laughs> poor people with a two-year college education who are trying sort of hard because they like this real mean lady who needs a sandwich, all the gayness you can take, and she will fight her pastor about it. She is religious. She puts God first, but she'll tell, don't mess with my boys because she's a winner. She's a winner. This is everything that I could ever hope to have in my life. The oh. body's at the floor. Maybe I'll go to love it. Who knows? But everything else sounds... I, first of all, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> and I've had them for the entire time, but I'm trying not to interrupt you so much. Um, is it? Does it have, like, a cursed backstory? No, but everybody competes for it at UCA. It's like a week-long cheer camp. We're super excited. But we, I went to Walnut, which, you know, is like an academic school. I literally went to Walnut, too. Come down. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't know how I got on the cheerleading team. I think I just wanted to go to camp. But I think we were literally, like, smoking in our room. And they were like, here, you're the only school that has them on the spirit stick. Enjoy. They felt bad for us. We were Aww. awful. Awful. And the talent show, we did, like, a deadpan to shout... Shout, <laughs> let it all out. It was as funny now as it was then. I mean, we were awful. Did you do like rhythmic clapping that were never in beat? Because that tickles the hell out of me. No, we did learn our dance routine that I could probably, my sister and I could probably recreate if yeah. I had to. You can't see me, but I'm doing it right now. So. Once you subscribe to the Patreon that we'll set up, you can see all of her dance moves. Julie never stops dancing. She's a dancer with a heart of gold. That's... Okay, I do need to watch it, because that does tick a lot of my boxes. Um, first of all, just anything gay, I do love, especially when there's, like, a sweet story involved, like the Darius seems to have. So that's the best thing. They're not really sweet stories. They're all really, really sad, and they're all really effed up people doing the best they can. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, enough about mine. Tell me about your hot take. So... Tennis has begun once more. The only sports that I have any interest in or can have any sort of relation to them are tennis and women's gymnastics. <laughs> but the tennis season has started once more. It's in Australia, which, as we know, has been ravaged by wildfires and is super fucking depressing and emotionally heart-wrenching. And I know you were talking about this horrible photo of a kangaroo that's been passed about. It's burned into my brain, literally. She tried to show me before the meeting, and I was like, absolutely not. I simply can't do that. Imagine if you had the Velveteen Rabbit when you were growing up, and you put it standing there and then burnt it to a crisp but let it keep its shape. Frank is bereft. Sorry, Frank. At the loss of biological life in Australia. Um, anyway, in the midst of all that drama and wreckage and turmoil, <laughs> Serena Williams yes. has won... Another title, her 73rd, I believe. Well done. What a beautiful icon. Which means she has now won a title in four decades. Across four decades. You're going to question While me on the math? still under 40 years old. Okay. So, let me, the mathematician that I am, I took calculus, okay? I went to two out of 17 classes, <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about. So, she won in the 90s. And then she won in the 2000s, and then she won in the 2010s, and then now she's won in the 2020s. Titles across all four decades. That's right. The longevity of her is obscene. Anyway, so she won in Auckland, New Zealand, which is delightful. Um, I'm assuming. I don't know much about it, but I do know that they got rid of all their guns, which, well done for them. All it took was one. So Serena Williams continues to prove that she's just an exceptional woman with just groundbreaking skill, and she's a queen. She's an icon, and I absolutely adore her. And she's been, gosh, the last couple Grand Slam finals she's been in have been difficult because she's not played well, and you're like, where has that Serena Sparkle gone? But she's gotten her first title since becoming a mother, and I really feel like this is her year. <laughs> I feel like she's going to make it after all. 
She's if, gonna make it after all. Our musical cues are so in sync. Every time, from body and diverse, from bodies at the floor to this, there's just like, <laughs> God, so much. We share alive. a brain, we share a voice. There's so much you can learn about the world when you eschew all human contact and spend your entire life just on the internet. Our internet literally went out because our transformer blew, and I was just so in bed and unwilling to be moved because like inertia or whatever. And there were literal lights and popping outside my window. I was like, mm, what a weird time for fireworks. It's pouring down rain and it's like 1 a.m. But um, the transformer blew. And although my power is not affected, I know this is a really hard story to hear. <laughs> Australia suck it. So I lost internet. And when I don't have internet, there's simply no point in being conscious. So I've returned to the world of the living and the awake because my internet has resumed. Um, anyway, so my hot take is, which isn't hot, it's like a lukewarm take. It's the take that I can consume at an ethnic food restaurant because I'm clinically Caucasian. My take is that Serena Williams is the greatest female tennis player of all time. I don't really watch men tennis, men's tennis nor care <laughs> about it um, because men have no need um, for anyone to take interest in them. So I would dare to say the greatest tennis player of all time, just based on her records. And she's an absolute icon, and not enough people give her credit. She is a queen icon legend. She's a mother. She is amazing. She's an exceptional she's a woman. fashion icon. Although she's a Jehovah's Witness, I feel like she's cool with gay people, because that's always my concern with anyone who's religious, is like, are they down with the gays? But she was... And I think still is friends with Colton Hayes, that cute little twink to twonk who married that man um, who was like a floralist from the Kris Jenner family. Okay. They're known as the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've since divorced, so sad. Oh. But he's a flaming homosexual and they're friends, so I assume that she's just like chill with it. Because that would put me in a very precarious situation if I were to continue to... Supporter, she would still be an amazing athlete and tennis player, but that would be that'd be a rough one to overcome for me emotionally. We've already got Margaret Court. What an absolute bitch! <laughs> I don't know the history of Margaret Court. Margaret Court is this asinine monster who gets a platform every fucking year because you go to Australia and she's Australian, and it's like neat. She's virulently homophobic. And she's, like, hella religious, but, like, the Christianity where it's, like, let's be tolerant of those that we like and let's force others to change to meet my personal human will, which is just hella neat. Um, but she just, she's an absolute monster. And Martina Tenevrovova's taken a go at her as she... <laughs> Did you pronounce that last name again for us a little slower this time? <laughs> Martina Navratilova. Yeah. I got it. Okay. I'm really proud of points, myself. Points, points, points. I made it. Um, she has gone after her, as have most people. Billie Jean King. I mean, it's just a sport for so lesbians. So both lesbians both have gone lesbians. after her. <laughs> both out and out lesbians have been like, that's it. All the tennis no, lesbians have gone there. Let's be honest. Most of them are, and that's phenomenal. But she's given a platform every year, and it's just terrific. So she currently holds the record for the most Grand Slam tournaments. Um, which is bullshit, and here's why. So, the Australian Open used to happen during Christmas back in the 70s, so people like Martina Navratilova and Billie Jean King and Chris Everett would never take the trip to Australia because it was so fucking far away, and it didn't have the same prestige as it does now. So, she was competing against basically just Australians, and not that there's anything wrong with the Australian fleet. The number one player in the world is currently Ash Barty from Australia. Well done. But it wasn't the same caliber on a global scale of talent. So she's racking up all these titles that don't have the weight or prestige of the Grand Slam except for the name. And now it's like Serena Williams is currently chasing Margaret Court's record of 24 Grand Slams. But it's a completely different era. What she does doesn't matter. What she says doesn't matter. And she needs to die. Okay. <laughs> Not to take it <laughs> Not to take it to any extremes. Producer Emma and Julie are not responsible for comments made by Nick Cotter or his um, factions. No, she... Okay, you're right. That's fair. I just really wanted to go hot. As, like, the fire and brimstone, which I am obviously going to meet based on my hot take. And now, an ad, maybe. 
Oh my gosh, it's time for gay takes. Do, 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 do. So different from our other takes. Here comes Nick with our first gay take. Take it away, Nick. That was stunning. Thanks, that was really close First to of all, I'm gobsmacked, um, but still quite gay. Let's dive in. So the Oscars were just announced, the nominations, this morning. Um, and what a wild fucking ride. So... Is this a gay take? I'm going to say yes, because who watches the Oscars anymore? Gays and women, mostly gays, just for the drama and because there's no way we're going to play like fantasy football. So we have to do fantasy Oscars ballot. So it's like I haven't watched a lot of cinema that's been recognized um, by the Academy this (laughs) year. It's not on Pornhub. Exactly. Um, Myvidster.com is actually a really great one. Um, As a porn connoisseur, I think you should look that up. Yeah. Um, It's just, you know, there's so many varieties. Anyway, so Oscars so white, still a thing, unfortunately. Um, there was one woman who was nominated for her work in Harriet, um, which just feels like, hey, we really appreciate roles like Lupita Nyong'o when you were a literal slave, or here's another woman who's playing a literal slave, and obviously Harriet Tubman should be on the $20 bill, um, and is one of the greatest Americans to have ever lived, but it does feel like they're super pigeonholing the work that they're willing to recognize of people of color. Totally. To further cement that, Scarlett Johansson got two nominations because... Producer Emma's jaw has hit the floor. Literally dropped. Um, What's she nominated for? She's nominated for The Marriage Story, Mm -hmm. and she was in Jojo Rabbit as well. Which I haven't seen. I haven't seen either of those, so, I mean, as is my want, I tend to give a lot of takes on things that I have circumstantial knowledge, <laughs> if any at all, so I'm just going to tear in the Academy, despite the fact that I haven't seen any of the films that are nominated, <laughs> but I still have thoughts and I still have takes. Yes, I would expect nothing less. Um, Greta Gerwig was not nominated for Little Women, so it is an all-male director's fleet as well. But you did see Issa Rae be like, to all the men out there. Exactly, yeah. Get them, Issa. So yeah, they had John Cho and Issa Rae, two people of color, presenting the nominations, but there were no major nominations for people of color. So... Wild. Well, the director from Parasite. Well, Parasite and South Korea, first of all, has producing been producing a lot of great cinema. I haven't seen it, but I've been told <laughs> that it's really great. And it got nominated. And it got nominated. <laughs> no. He gave a great speech at the Golden Globes. Where he was like, if you can get over an inch and a half of subtitles, the world will open to you for a whole bunch of new movies. And everyone was like... Um, it was, I know, it was very sweet. And it is true. Honestly, most of my Netflix is not on the same caliber as (laughs) Parasite as far as cinematic integrity. But I have a propensity to watch foreign TV shows, especially like La Casa de los Loras and Elite, um, both with a heavy gay presence. But I do find that at least the standard tropes that exist within American cinema I find so groundbreaking because it's in a different language, but that could just be like me as a, as a person. But yeah, so again, there's, there's all men and it's like throwing little morsels. And first of all, Lupita Nyong'o, I did see us and Emma, I know you saw us as well. She was phenomenal in that. Anyway, but she was brilliant and Hollywood does have a propensity to not nominate horror movies. Um, which is one of their their blind sites, as well as the full spectrum of the human existence. So that's a bummer. Um, also, The Irishman, I did watch um, the first 20 minutes of it, so I guess like a 20th of the film because it's just so plotting and long. And Martin Scorsese is like Baby Yoda, essentially. Um, he's like super precious and talented or whatever. But it just feels like... I don't know, there's so many, like The Farewell, I did see that, that was wonderful, with Aquafina. Oh, no, um, I haven't seen that, I'd love to, though. It's beautiful, well, I won't, I won't spoil it anymore for you. Okay, yeah. It's, it's a true story, her grandmother is still alive, and still doesn't know she has cancer. Also, the, the actress who was in um, Harriet was Cynthia Erivo, so I keep saying, like, what an outrage that no people of color, and then I didn't even acknowledge her name. So, just to get that out there. Um, 
And then, yeah, Aquafina was snubbed. J-Lo was snubbed for Hustlers. And what I find interesting about this whole experience and how it's galvanized me towards, like, all these takes that I really know nothing about is that I was literally watching a video about how J-Lo has stolen so many songs from so many different musicians throughout her career. And I was like, J-Lo is not authentic and she's not real. And then this morning I'm like... How dare the Academy <laughs> not recognize her work in Hustlers, a movie that I have not seen. <laughs> it was very much the Twitter echo chamber where I was just like, we're mad. All right, where's my pitchfork? Let's bedazzle them and get to it. Um, anyway, and like as the Oscars, because it used to be a huge event in our household growing up, watching the Oscars and getting together and occasionally we would do ballots. I think we did that like three or four years, um, but infrequently, <laughs> if that. And historically... In the past, I wasn't, you know, as exhausted by human interaction, and I was able to sustain the entire ceremony, and those were always such lovely moments. <laughs> I, too, am always like, uh, no, I can't go to an Oscar party. Will people be talking? You know? <laughs> so if there's going to be other people yeah. contributing, then I, I can't. Have you ever go. been to a gay Oscar party? Where it's just Will like, there be talking? There's so much talking. <laughs> then no. There's so much talking. There's so many takes. It's like 10 of me. Can you imagine how exhausting that is? I would love is? to watch it by myself first and yeah. then attend a gay party afterwards. With your like, notes? Enjoy it. I don't need <laughs> notes. I just need to experience it by myself without you all interrupting. That's fair. First. Um, most, I mean, honestly, a lot of the times that I walk away is to practice my Oscar speech. <laughs> <laughs> it is touching. Not a dry eye in the house. Uh, Meryl Streep does one of her shout outs like, woo. Well, as a person who was there when you gave the toast at your sister's wedding, you probably have an amazing... Oscar speech because your um, toast to Emma on her wedding was gorgeous. Well, I had beautiful inspiration, and also you're correct. It was. I wonder stunning. if we can post that on our links. Since Ooh, I still have that'd it. be neat. We definitely should. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun. Because like that came to fruition. Just keep giving people more and more taste of who Nick is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love a show. I was like, we're here to celebrate Emma and also me. <laughs> so for the next ten minutes, here I am talking about it. But you had to commit to staying sober until giving the toast. I took it very seriously. You really did. I took it. I was super impressed. Exceptionally seriously because. I love Emma so much, and that was right when I was sort of in my Paxil haze. This podcast is sponsored by Paxil, by the way. <laughs> so I was still just getting back into realizing how much I adored my sister and how much she's accomplished because I wasn't super aware of it previously because I was shrouded by mental illness. This is the same story, so it still counts. <laughs> um, and so I wasn't fully there and fully realizing it. And so I was still just like, this is a beautiful opportunity to acknowledge how much she means to me and how excited I am about her nuptials and everything. So it was a very emotional uh, moment, and I was very excited to do it and super honored that I had the opportunity to do it. But it was rough going initially because we were on this farm, um, our second cousin's farm, and I was literally in the soybean fields, which, you know, obviously I go there often. That just seems like a natural environ for me. But I was with my uh, date, Caitlin, um, who's just like this beautiful disaster. And but like also a genuinely lovely person. And I was sort of going through the machinations that I had because I hadn't written anything down because I wanted to be authentic. And she literally just looked at me and was like, yeah, it's going to it's going to be it's going to be great. It was rough. And then the minute that I got up on the stage, it was like. Boom, let's do this. Um, you didn't have that written down. I did had none of that written down. I was literally still thinking about what I was going to say on the day of, and I was like, I'm gonna hear my ideas, and then as soon as I got up there, I was like, it is fucking good time. And I just looked at you and I was like, I know, this is gonna be perfect. And it was. It was great. It's also how I came out to my dad's other family. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was like, here's a little sprinkle of Emma, but also mostly me. No, it was super sweet. That was the most fun that I think I've ever had. Like, that was such a beautiful time. Um, that's my hot take. <laughs> so the different that segment. Was your take? <laughs> Why are all my gay takes me? <laughs> Pretty sure every take you have is you, period. It's like, anyway, back to me. Um, <laughs> the Oscars are so white, so me, a white man, is going to talk about how sad that makes me. Brutal. Um, anyway, so the Oscars, rough, sad, bad. <laughs> Truly, what's your gay take? Wow. All right. Well, when I'm under heavy stress in my life, I don't sleep, which is great for my TV viewing. So my gay take this week is AJ and the Queen, which I binge watch all of the episodes in a day and a half. 
How many episodes are there? I don't know, like eight or ten. There's a lot. Right. There's a lot of RuPaul and a lot of face tape and a lot of queens. Um, so it's fantastically tragic. I mean, it's it wants to be bad. I don't know if it's bad enough to really be the camp that it really, really wants to be. Yeah. It might, might just be a piece of shit. Are you I getting emotional? Really, no. Furball. <laughs> um, I can't really decide yet what it is. I'll need to watch it two or three more times. So the premise is real tough. And I'm just going to read the one from IMDb. Ruby Red, a down-on-her-luck drag queen, traveling across America, discovers an unlikely sidekick named AJ. AJ is a 10-year-old child. She is a female assigned at birth, possibly trans, but not really worried about that. Just doesn't really want to be a girl because they're taken advantage of. Um, and then never says she wants to be a boy. But, like, her mom is sucking dick on the corner, and so she's raising herself. And we get to see her mom's head come out of someone's crotch, take the money. You know, so who is the target audience, right? <laughs> I don't. You're a gay man. Let me know. Are you really interested in, like, a childhood drama, like a drama of a buddy film with a drag queen and a little 10-year-old kid? Um, I'm gonna say no. So and then no, the answer is no. Just to fully right. clarify, I was just like, um, no, that's gross. And oh no, this I, is gonna go off on a really I long know, tangent. I know, so I need to stay with me. So, <laughs> hey, gay man, are you really interested in like a family buddy comedy between a giant drag queen and a teeny tiny person? No. Right. So and then you think, well, kids, maybe kids should watch this because then they'll like be exposed to drag culture and that RuPaul takes really great care of AJ during this whole thing. Oh, did I mention that she's sucking dick for heroin, right? And we see it. And we talk about it a lot. So, no, obviously families are not going to watch this because it's completely inappropriate. So who is the target audience? I mean, obviously it's me, people who can't sleep, who love drag queens, <laughs> and are like, oh my god, it's Kachi in this episode? Ah! Latrice is in it. She's amazing. They basically make her play herself, but she is hilarious. Oh my god. So funny. Michael Leon Woolley plays a blind drag queen who's his neighbor. Um... <laughs> But I've never seen him before. He's like a Broadway star. Oh, he's a revelation. He is worth watching. Now, the show ebbs and flows. It's awful. Then it's real bad. Then it's terrible. Then it's awful again. Um, and almost every episode has a drag performance by RuPaul, who doesn't always know the words. Anywho. So Wait, then, even in the final edit? They didn't fix yeah, that in the no, edit? I, I rely know. on everything to be fixed in the edit. <laughs> Emma, Emma. Emma. So then the second to the last episode, we end up in Texas. because Oh, we're headed to Texas because AJ's papa lives in Texas. And AJ's going to ride with Ruby, whose money's been stolen by a gay... Um, grifter, whose partner in crime... <laughs> you got so close to me when describing that. Whose partner in crime is an eyepatch-wearing, overweight Tia Carrera. Let that sink in. <laughs> so, they're after them, they're going to kill him. AJ, they're going to get down to Papaw's, and they end up at Jane Krakowski's house. Now, I love Jane Krakowski, but she is, like, an epitome of what this movie is. Is she a terrible actress, or is she just trying to act like a terrible person in every role she's ever been in? That's a hot take. She's fucking because terrible. I will fight you on that. Go. No, this is your moment. This is the My moment. moment. Anyway. <laughs> it's better if you start writing. Yeah. So, <laughs> you're okay going with it. But, so she's awful. Her character is awful. Her son is awful. It's just... It's just awful. Yeah. But I think that, like, it wants to be John Waters campy, and maybe it would be, like, on the 17th time through, because the first time I saw Pink Flamingos, I didn't think it was that amazing either, but, you know, you keep watching it, and you're like, all right, this is amazing, right? I don't, I don't think this is that. <laughs> but I want it to be so badly, and then you're bored out of your mind, and then, oh, there's Porkchop. Oh, there's Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. You're like, oh, Alexis Mateo. And she says, bang! You know what I mean? Just what yeah. you want from her. So And Emerald. Emerald. Emerald? Legacy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Was not there with you. But anyway, so it's long. It's not satisfying at the end. It doesn't make any sense. Of course that child should be taken away by Child Protective Services at any moment in time. Then then at one point, AJ gets an injury and they end up in the hospital. And RuPaul dresses up like a Jamaican with a really offensive ac accent yeah. to break, break him out of the... Oh, did the hospital? I don't, it's real bad. But anyway, it's endless, and I loved it, and I'll watch it again. Um, it's really <laughs> bad. It's really bad, and really, really bad. But, oh, Mario Cantone plays a drag queen in it. Do you know who Mario Cantone is? He's a very hairy, short comedian. He's like Joy Behar's best friend. He but was in Sex in the City. Yes, he was Carrie Brad. Not, not, not the bald guy. Not the bald one, the other gay. Charlotte's best gay. Yeah. So it's Charlotte Spetsky, and he's so hairy that they make him wear like a flesh-colored, a white people flesh-colored suit to cover that all up. 
oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. I hope it's great. But upon first viewing, wow. It just, I mean, first of all, that's a lot of different genres that appear to be hodgepodge together in a way that's not super elegant. Jane Krakowski is a treasure also. And I need you to defend that immediately. Okay, I need to hear why you you find her stilted and not a good actress. Correct. Other than <laughs> on camera for uh, 30 Rock. But she was obviously playing a bad actress on that. Yeah. Was she also playing a bad actress on Allie McBeal? Because she was. Is she also playing a bad actress on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Because she was. Is she also playing a bad actress on EJ and the Queen? Because she was. <laughs> One note, sour. Um, what I've learned from this, because I'll never admit that I'm wrong, is that I would watch the hell out of you review movies. <laughs> and instead of me watching all the things that I was just like super opposed to and like all the Oscars nominees that I haven't actually watched, I would like you to watch them all and just give me a breakdown. I think that we have all discussed that that's pretty much what this podcast is going to be. I will be doing lots of research, yeah. watching lots of things, and then you're just going to comment on things that we talk about. Yeah, and I'm like, how and do we're you, all going to love it. How do you pronounce that? Os- the Oscars. Everyone's real <laughs> sad about the Oscars, and so am I. <laughs> oh, I would also like to say that on the Race Chaser podcast, do you listen to that? I don't listen to any podcast. Okay, it's Alaska Thunder fucking Willem. Yeah. And it's called Race Chasers, so they're like behind the scenes queens talking about the show. They were talking to Latrice, and they and Willem was like, oh, you know, I saw the episode with whoever in it, and Latrice is like, yeah, I'm in it, all the girls are in it, it's so much fun, and Willem's like, yeah, all the girls who are willing to pay for themselves to be flown out there, because you know Rue didn't pay for it. The hate never ends with Willem. Never! Why you gotta throw Rue under the bus? A lot of, I mean, the people who have thrown her under the bus, much like people challenging, like, a totalitarian regime, you don't hear from them again. Pearl, what's she up to these days? Oh, my God, have you not seen? What happened to Pearl? Oh, amazing things. She has so many plants. It's kind of like Emma's house, but there's a, a new series of YouTube <laughs> Doesn't sound like she's doing much. <laughs> and, no, she met a man, and she's going to, like, move to Hawaii to go be with him and stuff. Because her career didn't pan out, so she had to find happiness. Oh, her career did pan out. You should watch this interview. We'll put a link to it. It's real sad. Someone okay. stole all of her money. Her manager stole all of her really? money. Really? Did I just say stole? Stole all of her money. Yeah. Um, but she's been making money off of her YouTube channel. And, you know, she got hacked. Someone took over all her Instagram and Twitter and everything. I do remember that. But, yes, yeah. you're right. She spoke ill of RuPaul on Hey Queen and You're goodbye. never supposed Bye to speak queen. ill of RuPaul. I don't think RuPaul went into this with all these beautiful intentions. He wants drag to be upsetting he wants it to fuck with you he doesn't want it to be mainstream so anytime people are like this is getting too mainstream he's like really well how about i say something super offensive you know you're like yeah bitch and and everyone gets on him about the trans thing but there's been like seven trans queens on the show yeah so and the last one just sucked because she sucks like gia gun just sucks has nothing to do with her being trans or not. Well, her kabuki performance was great. No, it wasn't. If that was in a show, I would be bored out of my mind. <laughs> Woo, she threw little rice things at me. Neo. But the music was boring. That was not a umska. I will take Katya a- doing a fucking back handspring any day. All of us would take Katya in whatever position she allows us to enter her in. But I think I, it's many. She is a contortionist and she's wonderful. I mean, but was there. Besides Gia, was there someone who had actually fully transitioned? I don't think Gia's fully transitioned. Yeah. But if you're not tucking, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. No. These are deep questions for our time. They're deep questions. Was Sonique the first? No, uh, maybe. Yeah. Andrea was HIV positive. That's what it was. Yeah, Sonique was year, year one or two. Sonique was year two. Yes. I think. Well, Morgan McNichols, she, which season was she in? But Morgan's not trans. No, no, no. But like they competed against each other, she, and that's my context, too. Yeah, 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 Yes. And she came out at the reunion and yeah. said, I'm a trans woman. Yeah. But then uh, Monica Beverly Hills is right after that. Yeah. And there are plenty. Peppermint was in transition, like on the hormones. That's true. She was just a male presenting trans, whereas yeah. Gia Gunn is female presenting. What was my hot take? AJ and the Queen. It's terrible <laughs> and fantastic. And I don't know what sort of tape they put on Rue's mouth when she's... But her costumes are amazing. Her wigs are amazing. It totally steals from Tu Wong Fu and Priscilla Queen of the Desert. It's lots of... There's lots of throwbacks. It's just... It's just not... It's not smart enough. No offense to anybody. Because I know Drew Drogi wrote on it. He's hilarious. Yeah. He does all the um, Golden Girl shows like in LA. He's hilarious. Live action Golden Girls performance i'm there i'll be in it i'll watch it i'll tape it i'll do anything do you love the golden girls 
I have limited exposure <gasps> to the Golden Girls. Okay, so this is something we probably should have talked about already. No, I um, <laughs> obviously all friendships need to be formed on a mutual love and appreciation of the Golden Girls. And do you even know which one you are? Obviously, I'm, I'm Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> that would you not support that? Maybe I'm gonna have to think about it. I mean, I'm... What, am I B. Arthur? No, I'm B. Arthur. I was like, that's totally your stick. Long tunic, terrible hair, <laughs> man pants, I can't wear shoes because I have bunions. Miami is nice, so you'll say it twice. Oh my god, Miami, Miami, you've got style. That was too high, but yes. I figured that I could get put you back on my side by just giving you like a musical cue to go At on. least you knew that one. Um, no, so I have not seen that much of the Golden Girls, but... I used to watch it before swim team practice uh, in the summers because it was always on in a back-to-back hour with the nanny. Oh, so, it was on with the things. Designing Women when you were my age. So we had an hour of Designing Women and an hour of Golden Girls. Heard. Have you watched Designing Women? Designing Women, I have not. But maybe that can be our takeaways, which seems like a great way to segue. You've heard it, though. But I guess does, not. it's not a great light, way to segue. The out in Georgia. <laughs> that would make a great transition into this week's Takeaways. takeaways. So we've rebranded, and we're now takeaways. It's sleek. It's got a nice minimalistic sort of uh, sort of view about. It. Take me away. Well, can we rewind before we give this week's takeaways? Yeah. What What were you? What was your homework? What was your takeaway from last time? So I was supposed to watch Britney runs a marathon. Oh, and did you? I did. <gasps> Shockingly, and? I actually did my homework. What'd you think? Um, it was so good. So good. It was so fucking so good. good. Yeah. And then I, obviously, whenever I watch something and enjoy it, I'm like, I'm going to obsess about this for the next 30 minutes and just Google everything I can about the characters and the actors and everything. And it was really lovely to hear her journey. And because I've seen her in bit roles before, like obviously she was on Workaholics and then she was in um, 22 Jump Street. She had a really funny bit role there. Um, It's actually quite good. Yeah, surprisingly so. Um, But no, it was really funny, but also an emotional journey as well, that I'm very glad I spent the money on it. It's free. It's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something. I think I paid for it. I don't think you did. Did I not? I mean, you may have paid for it in other ways, but I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a fabulous gay couple in it. It is. Raising kids. Yes. And then Mindy, the, the brother from the Mindy Project, becomes her love interest. Yes. And they are like dog sitting for a billionaire but they end up just moving in there's like a daytime dog sitter and a nighttime dog sitter and they end up just living there because neither one of them anywhere to live yeah and she has a brother-in-law he's great it's everyone's so lovely there's like representation people of color people of different genders identities and sexualities and she seems so authentic to me and you don't she's not perfect no, and like she's, it's a rom-com but you're she's not perfect I love it I and she's, she's like so very real. self-effacing about her flaws almost to a fault <laughs> <laughs> Where, and like, I, and then her resistance to accepting the friendship of that woman who's literally been in everything. Oh my God, yes. I want to say Michaela Schifrin, but she's a skier. Anyway, there's a next door neighbor woman who's going through a divorce and she's in rehab. She's in a 12 step program and she's trying to give Brittany advice and all that. And and Brittany won't take it and then offers to run a marathon with her and all that stuff. So that woman's name is Michaela Watkins. She is every thin Jewish very smart woman you've ever seen in a show. I think she was briefly on SNL, too, wasn't uh, she? I, I have no idea, but I trust you. I do show that. She's on Transparent. Catastrophe. Anyway, she's great. They're all great. It felt very authentic to me. You're annoyed with her at the end, and then it gets together. And... Yeah. No, it was. it felt like a very realistic journey. And it was also interesting, because I was like, why are you fucking self-sabotaging at every fucking step? And then I was like... Oh, hey. (laughs) I know you. Hello, Mirror. (laughs) Oh, hey, Pot. It's Kettle. We're both black, so we're not going to get an Oscar nomination. Ooh, good callback. Thank you. So, thumbs up or, you know. Thumbs up. No, that was thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, Are we going to get sued by Siskel and Ebert? They're dead. Both of them? Yes. What was it? Ebert and Roper then. And then, why did I go to Siskel? I was not alive for that. Where Ebert lost I'm so his confused. jaw. Did you watch that documentary? I didn't watch that documentary. Um, Not as upsetting as the Flex Menstrual uh, <laughs> Cup video we watched today, but really Nothing close. <laughs> menstrual disc, excuse me. In addition to Paxil, this podcast is also sponsored by Flex Menstrual Disc. <laughs> when yeah. you want to insert a giant metal disc inside of your vagina, use Flex. 
rubbing my eyes because I can't take it. All right, so you my, showed it to me. You're the I one who subjected know. it to me. Well, it's start. It's the most attacking, offensive commercial I've ever seen. Every month, vaginas are bleeding, and I like to <laughs> fuck. You're like what? <laughs> I'm watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta right now. I do not need that kind of messiness in my life. I'm already... Yeah, first of all, everyone should watch this commercial because it's oh, phenomenal. Yeah. We'll link it. disc. Um, but she, it is, she's in a very standard sort of like any menstrual product <laughs> environment where it's just very muted colors. She's on a couch, obviously. Ugh. But then it feels like she should be like slamming through walls or something. Let's like, not forget where they explain where if you have sex with your period and they take out paint splatter bottles and splatter blood-ish looking things yeah. all over the white bed. It's like, you want a Jackson Pollock? Hey. Leave my anyway. little snail trails oh, up here. That's my fault. I apologize. But definitely watch it. Uh, my homework was to watch um, The United States of Terra. And did you? I did. I watched two episodes. Amazing. I was supposed to watch three but I think I got the gist um by the way there's like full on nakiness like making out hardcore within the first 10 minutes of the first episode which most shows do do which I was not ready for um and I'm sorry I did not warn you of that it's fine but if I was supposed to watch it for Tony Collette's brilliance I wasn't there yet but I get it I'm guessing a couple years in she really gets into it yeah but if this is her with multiple personality disorder and she's gone off her medication and so I think three alters come out in the first two episodes that I watched. But yeah. more importantly, her sister is in multi-level marketing and tries to get her to buy some products. And I just love that. John Corbett is her hot, hot husband. Um, the kid from Atypical is her son, who I just love. And then Brie Larson is the daughter. Exactly. If you've never seen Short Term 12, which is a great movie about kids in rehab, it's amazing. She's so good in it. Um, so I get it. Yes, Tony Collette can act. More than just Muriel's Wedding and Knives Out, which I just saw. She's great in that as well. I never really settle on her accent or her weight, but I really like her. Because when I first saw her on Muriel's Wedding, she's heavy. And they're always like, she gained weight for that role. What should we do that Aussie accent? Can you do that in an Australian accent? I sure can. Okay. G'day. <laughs> she gained weight for that role. That was Nick. Um, so <laughs> you can't she's like, tell. I really am skinny. And you're like, oh, are you? But it always seems like a struggle. You know what I mean? You see those people and you're like, mm, your little fatty person on the inside really wants to come out. Keep fighting her off. She's real thin and rides out. Like Larry yeah. from Cheer. He loses like 70 pounds in a year, but you're like, yeah, but you're going to be right back up to 350 any minute now. Oh, no, Aww. he keeps on me a little elliptical. Yeah, he looked like he was really working hard. How long does it take for you to keep weight off to like reduce the risk? Because isn't it like very easy to gain the weight back? And more. And more, like as soon as you lose it off? I was just having this discussion on the phone yeah. when I saw you. I thought that was a fake phone call, so no, you don't have to talk to me. <laughs> no, we can't. Anyway. Um, about diets not working and you need to do a lifestyle change, but you know, any other addiction can go away forever, right? Yeah. If you're an alcoholic, you don't have to drink alcohol. If you are a heroin addict, you don't have to do heroin to live. You have to eat to survive. Yeah. So you feel good about yourself. And then, you know, the, the, uh, my belief is the weight is on there for a reason. And as a person who was a hundred pounds heavier than I am, you know, 15 years ago, that weight is there to keep people away for me, very angry person, put on the weight, get everybody away from you. So you yeah. have to like deal with all of that. And the self, like, that's how I soothe myself still. I'm like, oh, I cannot wait till I can go home and sit in the dark and watch AJ and the Queen with a bag of these flower chips from Whole Foods while playing on my phone and dealing with no one else. That's how I numb out. That's yeah. how I take care of myself and soothe. So I don't know. You have to replace that, right? Because with alcohol, you can just stop. Other things you can just stop. Food yeah. is this, like, constant push and pull. Yeah, you can't get rid of the actual thing that you're indulging in. You have to get rid of the relationship you yes. have with it. It's all about cravings. That's the Buddhists. As the Buddhists say. The Buddhists say. Well, the Jainist monks literally die of starvation because everything technically comes from the earth and they don't want to eat anything that comes from the earth, so sometimes they die. And this is the uplifting segment of the podcast. <laughs> but no, we, because um, my weight fluctuated with Paxil, back to my ad for Paxil, it may cause extreme weight gain. I gained, like, gosh. Um, Sidebar, you needed to gain weight at that point. Well, no, I didn't need to. You I were didn't severely need... underweight. No, I was severely underweight. I was... I'm six foot, and I was 116 pounds. Don't brag. Nobody needs to hear that. Okay, calm down. We're fixing your relationship My with My stretchy food. pants aren't even feeling good today. No. So, well, no, that was in a point where it was, like, it was literally medically dangerous. Um, and Once again, humble brag. Yes, I hear you. I was really skinny. Yay. Like, to a very risky point where you could literally see... My organs. Like, I literally, I went to the doctor. You thought you could see your organs? 
Okay, no, here, a doctor also could. First of all, you could see my heart flutter. And I went to the doctor because I was like, I have a lump in my lower abdomen. And he was like, that's a testicle. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> one day it's going to descend. <laughs> one day! No, it was like, I have a lump. And so I get on my back and I'm ready. For her, I only see female doctors because I don't trust men as much as I trust women. They're just better at most things. So she is um, sort of massaging with the sense of enough. No, so she's massaging my lower abdomen and she's like, oh, wow, there is something. I'm like, oh, my God, just as I suspected, colorectal cancer. And then she was like, no, that's poop. That is just a little poop that has not descended all the way down. And you aren't fine, but this isn't the thing that's wrong with you. Um, so anyway, after I went on Paxil, gained a fuck ton of weight. Yes, it is my third malady, but this one actually has topical presence True. in relation to what you were saying. True. I'll only say one next time. No, I don't. I take it back. No, I take it back. Um, anyway, but then I, I went up to 190 pounds. So from 116, I went up to 190 in about three months. Like, it was a very, very quick gain. I had these off-brand Cocoa Pebbles that I would get in just massive quantities that are meant to feed like a family of 12. I'm like, I'm going to go through two of these a week. And I just gained weight. Because first of all, my body was like, thank God, we're going to keep this weight on because my body's in starvation mode. So it's like everything that you eat immediately going to change. So my body changed a lot. And I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore. (laughs) But I felt great. I liked being heavier. What do you weigh now? I weigh 160. So I stabilized. I did stabilize because I did. I um, got a job where I was on my feet a lot, and it was. And also, Paxil causes extreme sweating and inability to control your body's temperature. So I was sweating a lot um, because it was in the heat of summer, and I was a busser, and I was running around everywhere, and I lost like the weight that I gained down to a point where I was normal and healthy. But when I went to the doctor. After I gained all that weight, um, the nurse was locked out of the system because it said I had gained too much weight in too short of a period of time that they needed a specialist to come in and give me an intervention. Um, So that was neat. That's it. That's my third. That's my third story. All right. Do you have a takeaway for me this week or what's your takeaway for everyone this week? Um, My takeaway for this week... What's your takeaway for this week? So I went to YouTube <laughs> to research more of the cheer people or whatever I was looking at, and it offered me this video yeah. of colorblind people seeing color for the first time. Aww. And, you know, sometimes I want to feel things. I don't just want to numb out. So uh, it's just this, it's 20 minutes of like maybe five different people getting to see color for the first time. And it's all staged in that they all have rainbow colored balloons, and they've all been told this is how you do it. Um, but I sobbed my little eyes out while stuffing chips in my mouth sure. on my couch. Self-care. Um, and the first person is an, a papa and lots of family around him. And he puts the glasses on and within moments is crying. And so papa, it really is touching. And then there's several other people. There's a single guy with his wife, which I liked better. And then a family that won't stop talking. And they're really mean to the guy who's never seen color before. And it's like a big deal for him. And they're like, can you see my shirt? Can you see my shirt? And you're like, he's having a moment, asshole. And then there's someone else, and then at the end is, that is Australian? Was what that could Australian be accent? Little Nick Cotter. It's a young boy with sort of your haircut. He's probably 11 with a jacket on, and they he puts the glasses on, and he sees color, and he's, he seems like he's okay, and then he finally breaks. breaks. Oh. They're all sobbing. Like, yeah. we just, I take so many things for granted, and the, the ability to see color really is one of them, and to see adults and children going, I didn't. I didn't know the tree had dead leaves and live leaves, and I didn't know the dog was this color. And she says, his name's Tanner. Like, <laughs> yeah. I realize the dog... You couldn't fucking I use context clues? That the dog's color was tan. So if you want to feel something and like just cry with other people but not have to be in the room with them, yeah. which I thoroughly enjoy, um, our amazing Emma, I think we'll put the link up, but it's um, colorblind people. Oh my God. Is that Little Nick? Isn't it? So they're sunglasses, and they have to wear them inside or outside, but um, it really was just more than I could take in a really great way, really heart-opening, and, you know, as I try to think about things that are yeah awesome right now, 
this uh, good for you. I'm so glad we get to see color. I'm glad all these people got to see color. It looks like the glasses are really expensive because one family, everyone had to contribute to get the glasses. Yeah. I don't know how much they are, but however much they are, let's make them cheaper. <laughs> so my takeaway for you is to watch at least, I mean, I fast forwarded through the families that were getting yeah. nerves, but 20 minutes of this, um, colorblind people getting to see color for the first time. A hundred percent. This feels like my 3am fodder when I literally can't sleep and I'm like, emotions would be fun to feel. And right. then I watch things that are specifically designed to provoke emotions. And then it can be so touching and feel like you're involved in the human experience yes. a little bit more. And it's just like, oh my gosh, we are all on this shiny blue marble together. And we just need to take care of each other and be sympathetic and compassionate and listen and help and hear and realize that there is very little that truly separates us. And to just acknowledge each other's presence and they're worth more. And I get it. There was one video I remember distinctly watching where it was this dude doing this dance around the world. Yes, I've seen it. Yes. And I sobbed for like, sobbed, like full, uncontrollable, like. Sobbing. Okay. <laughs> I was like, synonym, 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 synonym. For like. For a quite a long time, because I was just like, wow, this is so fucking beautiful. There's so much in this world, and, like, we're not different. We're really not different. Um, I do remember what my takeaway for you was. <laughs> so glad. It was also on YouTube. So there is this singer named Dimash. I'm not going to pronounce his last name, because I can't do it. It's is a- it Never Tolova? <laughs> oh, you're such a fucking monster. <laughs> no, it's uh, it says Kudabergen, but he's that feels very like German, and he's a Kazakh singer. Mm. Anyway, he has exceptional range. What he's able to do with his vocal instrument, I watch so many videos that I'm saying pretentious shit like that. Where it's like with his instrument. <laughs> Um, but it is truly stunning. I've been watching his performances and then reactions from people who actually know why it's so good. So I can sort of contextualize why I'm this impressed. <laughs> but another YouTube one. Just watch a bunch of those videos. And it's it's amazing what he can do with his voice. Would it explain why your shirt has suddenly become unbuttoned on the top of the <laughs> Because since you began this speak about Dimash, your shirt has become undone. And I did see you yesterday where your shirt had also become undone, so... My shirt just has a propensity to bust open. Um, I can't help it. My uh, non-existent muscles up there just won't be... I just really want to show off that I've gained a chest hair. I'm up to four now, and I really feel like... You're almost up to me. Keep going. There we go. We'll get there. No, he is quite a looker. He's he's VQ. And deceptively tall. I did not expect him to be that tall. He's like 6'3". Fantastic. It's wonderful. I'm looking forward to it. You should... You should. You should be looking forward to it um, because you're gonna have a you're gonna have a great time. I'll send you. Um, I'll text you links to like my favorite videos of his. One will be sufficient, and Emma will put it on our <laughs> on our website or our Instagram or our All Twitter right, feed. Sure. I mean, but I do not need many videos. Let me have one as a tester, you- as a taste test. And if I like it, I'll I'll dive deeper on my own. It'll it'll tell me. What I find interesting is that producer Emma is giving us (laughs) a wrap up song. Okay, wrap 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 up. Well, it was a pleasure to discuss our takes all over the place together. We just have so many takes, and by gosh, aren't they all over the place? (laughs) Isn't that wild? Wild 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 takes all over the place. 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 Isn't that wild? Takes all over the place. What takes all over the place? Yeah, takes. All over the place. Takes, takes, takes. All over the place. That was perfect. Amazing.